Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. To subscribe to the podcast, visit streetlevelradio.com and click on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Street Level Radio. The Bible is very clear that the church, the greater church, as well as the local church, must discipline flagrant sin that is amongst its members. Because such actions left unchecked will polarize and ultimately paralyze a church. The correction, however, is never to be vengeful, but instead it is intended to bring about a cure. The Corinthian church had a specific sin in their midst, but they had refused to deal with it. And in this case, we're going to see that this man was having an affair with his stepmother, and the church members were trying to ignore the situation. Paul was telling the church they had a responsibility to maintain standards of morality that are found in God's Word. Now, God tells us not to judge others, but He also tells us not to tolerate sin that opposes His holiness and has a dangerous influence on the lives of other believers. We're picking it up in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning, where we have seen already four chapters where Paul had been dealing with these divisions in the church, divisions that had stemmed from the hearts of the people. While the church was distracted with trivial and self-centered interests, Satan actually had found a foothold in their midst. It is a methodology that Satan has used for thousands of years, and sadly he has been quite successful using it. So, therefore, that being said, there's really no reason for him to change his tactics, is there? So he continues today to operate with those same strategies that he actually used there in the Corinthian church. Now, many churches today have not only fallen to these traps, they have found it wholly advantageous to remain in that self-imposed blindness that is a result of falling into that trap. By purposely looking the other way, some churches have found that they can fill their pews, albeit with oft-rebellious and certain carnal individuals, but they can fill them with people, those who look to ease the guilt of sin, you know, with a little religion. Thus, Christ has become a soothing balm upon a cancerous lesion, the cancerous lesion of sin in their lives. So they're not really healed, they just feel a little bit for the moment, a little bit better. Ultimately though, They're consumed by their plight and death, both spiritual and finally physical, will overcome them. Verse 4 of chapter 5 says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as not even named among the Gentiles, that one has his father's wife. In Corinth, again, while the church squabbled and bickered, it seems sin had moved from their back door to the position riding amongst them. Sexual immorality had come to rest comfortably in a pew in that church, as it has in many churches today. Let's face it, it's a lot easier to ignore sin, to disregard cancer in our body, than to deal with it, to root it out and be healed. As often is the case when Scripture deals with the issue of sexual impurity, the translation here is given as the word fornication, especially in the Old King James. And fornication means sexual intercourse between two unmarried adults. However, this word in the original has a much broader implication. It's the word pornea, 
And the word pornea encompasses a vast array of illicit sexual issues and impure relationships. It's often easy to write off our sexual impurities by claiming, look, hey, there's no sexual intercourse. And so we think we're standing on stable ground. But to do that is a feeble attempt to avoid the watchful eyes of our Creator. Now, apparently this man was sexually involved with his stepmother, and this guy had settled in amongst them. So no doubt this guy was not some unredeemed searcher who had stumbled into church one morning. This was actually a professed believer, someone who professed a faith in God, who counted himself as one of the body of Christ. So certainly there's going to come into our midst as a church a person who is indeed yet bound in sin. But that person has come with a curious, if not a seeking heart. That individual is not to be removed from the fellowship, but rather he or she is to be loved and taught and nurtured until he or she decides which way to go. We cannot expect non-Christians to act like Christians. It's the false professor of faith, the allegiance to God and, and the one who is a liar when it comes to their allegiance to church and God who is to be removed. 1 Corinthians 5.11, in just a few verses, we're going to read, But as it is, I wrote to you not to associate with anyone who is called a brother, who is a sexual sinner, covetous, idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or an extortionist. Don't even eat with such a person. 2 Thessalonians 3.6 says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourself from every brother who walks in rebellion and not after the tradition which they received from us. That was a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer City Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. For more information on Pastor Tim Dodson, or Believer City Church, visit BelieversTogether.com.